Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. It's still a new podcast from WQXR. We've done 10 episodes where we interrogate the culture of our classical music scene, and we look at ways to make it beautiful for all of us. In this series, we're talking about representations of blackness in opera. And today, we're talking about Giuseppe Verdi's Aida. 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 Aida is interesting. Bass Kevin Maynard. Because uh, it deals with an Ethiopian and an Egyptian falling in love. Aida is in no way representational of that part of the world. Radio host Nemet Habachi. I don't know if Terence mentioned, but I happen to be Egyptian. Born and bred, and I would just point out that the heroine is Aida. I mean, the villains of the piece are the Egyptians. Hey, everybody. This is Angela Brown, and I will be the voice of Aida on Every Voice with Terence McKnight. Many cultures, many voices, one people. Verdi's opera Aida tells the story of an Ethiopian princess who was enslaved in Egypt. Radames, an Egyptian general, falls in love with Aida, despite the fact that she represents the enemy. The king of Egypt sends his army to fend off Ethiopian aggression, and led by Radames, they return victorious. And to show his gratitude, the king offers Radames his daughter's hand in marriage. But Radames has his heart set on Aida. It's an African love story that premiered in Cairo in 1871, but not many Africans went to see it. There was this nucleus of Europeans, Levantines, who were all making money hand over fist in Egypt, and they went to Aida. Most of them hailed from Europe. Nemet Habachi is a radio host at WQXR. She grew up in Egypt, had a Western education, and I asked her how this opera resonates with the people back home. Egypt is a nation of 100 million people and climbing. And of that 100 million, I would say 2% might even know what Aida is about or ever even existed. And that 2% diligently, you know, wears its pretty clothes and goes to the one opera house in the entire country in Cairo, which was built by the Japanese, by the way, gets to see and hear Aida periodically, done by usually a European company with perhaps a radames or a priest, because there's one good baritone that went through a European music school that was perhaps set up by the Germans. It's called colonialism, (laughs) but it's also called abject poverty, which afflicts my country to this day. I'd hoped that would be not the case now that I'm the venerable age I am, but things haven't changed. When Nimet grew up in Cairo, the Khedive Opera House that was built in 1869 and that debuted Verdi's Aida was still thriving. But in 1971, the opera house was burned to the ground, and where it once stood is now home to a multi-level parking garage. 
So any opportunity to hear Verdi's operas and grand overtures and arias and opera square is a bygone. But Verdi passed up opportunities to hear his own music in Cairo back when it was bringing down the house. Here's Pranati from our production team telling us why Verdi said he didn't show up in Cairo. I found a letter that he wrote to his friend Giuseppe Piroli in Rome, and he says, I'm busy, guests, writing an opera for Cairo. Oof, I shall not go to stage it because I would be afraid of being mummified. And so in this way, he's talking about these racialized stereotypes, the sort of exotic stereotype of mummies in Egypt. He wrote, if anyone had told me two years ago, you will write for Cairo, I would have considered him a fool. But now I see that I am the fool. Aida is in no way representational of that part of the world. It's a it's a pure, quite marvelous, really, plot line that was fathomed by Duloc and brought to Verdi in order to interest Verdi. I mean, there's very little Egyptian about it when all is said and done, but it's a great piece. I mean, I hate to use the word kitsch, but it does come to mind. It's as Europe's idea of that which is Eastern. Yeah, so that's why it's important for us as the people to come together, right? Talk about this entire series looks at representations of blackness in opera. So far, we've covered Mozart's magic flute with Monos de Tos as the Moor in that opera, Otello, the Moor in Verdi's opera, and now Aida, the captured Ethiopian princess. There's a through line here. Well, in this opera, we don't really get to experience Aida as a princess because she's been captured. So we see her in the service of the Egyptian pharaoh's daughter. But she's royalty in this podcast. Soprano Angela Brown made her Metropolitan Opera debut as Aida back in 2004-2005, that season. In this episode, we're going to get some green room insight into how Angela Brown interprets that character. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Angela Brown, I mean, Aida. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. Movies, music, celebrities making bad choices. Crooked Media's weekly podcast, Keep It, has it all. Each week, culture experts Ira Madison III and Louis Vertel unpack the latest controversies, praise character actress appreciation, and share all the gossip in a week. Expect bold and unique queer commentary, award show grievances, and iconic guests like Billy Porter, Michelle Yeoh, Ariana DeBose, and Cheryl Lee Ralph. New episodes of Keep It drop every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. I am Sir Willard White, and I will be in the role of the King of Egypt. To make the peace, the conqueror, and my daughter. He's talking about Radames, the Egyptian general, and his daughter, Amneris. Would be joined together to assure the continuation of a powerful reign in the near future. And so that wasn't based on love, but based on political correctness. How to make your country stronger, marrying the joining of the right forces. 
that rather he had his eyes somewhere else, unbeknownst to me. And he just keeps staring at Aida. This is Metso Rayan Bryce Davis as I'm Naris. And every time she pours out her heart to him, he won't stop talking about her. Of her no more. Like, just stop it. Stop it with the talking about her. Like, this is our moment. We're here. I have the power. I have, you know, I have everything. And she just, she, she, she didn't hold a candle to me. She was common to him. This is soprano Angela Brown as Aida. And even though I was the enemy, quote-unquote, there was something about the heat between the two of us that made being enemies sweet. It was something about him and it was something about me that was just different. I'm talking about just being in the rarefied air of one another. I was meant to be wed to royalty within my country. But I have to say, when I saw Radames, it was something about him that was so sweet. And I just couldn't resist him, even though I tried. I tried and I tried because he was actually one of the young men that captured me. And he didn't handle me as roughly as some of the others did. He was very gentle with me. So that was the first thing that got my attention. So, yeah, we did start to have a little thing for one another. Now, you were born a princess, but when this opera opens, Amneris, the pharaoh's daughter, calls you a slave. How do you go from a hobbish princess to a slave girl in Egypt? I don't like to say that I was a slave. Well, I have to say that I was being a little rebellious, uh, a little hard-headed. You see, my daddy had told me and all of the other girls in the court to stay close to the palace gates. Well, I wanted to be a little adventurous, and I ventured out a little farther than the rest of the group. And I just got caught up in looking at the wildflowers, I was chasing a butterfly, and I got a little too far away from the palace gates. I didn't hear my friends yelling and screaming, Watch out, Aida. Somebody's coming near you. The guards from Egypt are coming near you. Come back. Come back. And before I knew it, I was captured and taken away to the courts of the pharaoh. And that's where everything began to happen. I wasn't doing anything bad. Actually, I wasn't even doing anything that dangerous. But I should have known better because this wasn't the first time that the Egyptians and the Ethiopians had been in a fight. 
I actually lost my mother in one of those wars. And my father became very, very protective of me. I remembered that my father said, if ever something like this happens, you have to protect not only yourself, but your homeland, your people, and your father. So you can't tell anybody who you are, girl. You're going to have to suck it up, buttercup, and do what you have to do until I can come and get you. But I was being rebellious. I just wanted to have the opportunity just to breathe because it was heavy to put that kind of responsibility on my shoulders at such a young age. But in being captured and having to pretend I was a regular lay person, all of that training came back to what my father had told me. And I became the handmaiden to Amneris. As the people to come together, right? Talk about who we are, what we learn from each other. Because the experience... Aida was born an Ethiopian princess, turned handmaiden, a servant in Egypt. I know we all need help sometimes, but the issue here is, and in so many productions, simply put, Amneris is white and Aida is brown, or at least made to be brown. There's color coding in this mistress or master-servant relationship, not just in this opera and others. And that's what disturbed my Somalian friend and me years ago when we saw Aida in Atlanta. Bass Kevin Maynard, soprano Priscilla Baskerville, they had a similar issue when they were in a production of Aida. I um, got a telephone call one night from Priscilla Baskerville. We were doing a production of Aida in North Carolina. And she said to me, Kevin, did you not see it? They had all of those kids in chains when they did the capturing scene. She said, that is unacceptable. And I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh, did I miss something? Well, I knew I had missed something. But did I not see what was going on? But she saw it. This is a uh, problem that we run into and that we must move past and uh, we must become aware of. And if we get the telephone call that brings to our attention that there must be change, then we must involve ourselves in the conversation. Indeed. The hierarchy of privilege and beauty being associated with race or complexion is problematic. It shows up in the headlines we got to keep working to break those bad habits in real life and in the opera house. Perhaps it's classical music that can lead the way, and we can all pitch in. These are big issues in, in the opera business. Soprano Sylvia McNair. Can we just get lots of different colors on the stage and cast with great diversity and stop trying to put each race in its silo? So many songs are just talking about beautiful, fair, beautiful. (laughs) 
the battle that we're trying to fight so hard as a society is to have dark-skinned, beautiful representation everywhere in the world, in Black people, in the Asian culture, in the Latinx community, everywhere we're fighting for, like, Black to be beautiful and dark-skinned to be beautiful. Mezzo-soprano Rand Bryce Davis will be back with us in the next episode as Amneris, Angela Brown as Aida, Sir Willard White as the King of Egypt, and Lemmy Pulliam talks about being Rodimaze. This is Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. I'll see you next time. Many cultures, many voices, one people. Every Voice with Terrence McKnight was written and produced by Terrence McKnight, David Norville, and Tony Phillips. Our research team includes Ariel Elizabeth Davis, Pranati Diwakar, Ian George, and Jazz Ogist. This episode's sound design and engineering was by Alan Gofinski, and our original music is composed by Brother Jeremy Thomas, featuring Dr. Ashley Jackson on harp and Brother Tito Sampa on percussion and vocals. Our project manager is Natalia Ramirez, and our executive producer is Tony Phillips. The executive producer for WQXR Podcast is Elizabeth Nanamaker, and Ed Yim is the chief content officer at WQXR. This project is supported in part by the National Endowment for the Arts. You can find more information on the web at arts.gov. Thanks to the Met Archives for invaluable research data. And thanks to all the wonderful guests in this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to rate it, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I'm Terrence McKnight. I'll see you next time. You're listening to Every Voice with Terrence McKnight. Makutika wa kansamuko, lata wa peli.